0: I'm Charlie Clawson I'm
1: Will Anderson and uh, Winnie and Ramona are here as well on the floor eating chicken out of a Kong quite loudly so if you just hear this background noise of nom, 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 nom. like and a cookie monster It's not Will and I eating each other out <laughs>
0: Can you yeah. imagine? Yeah. If people didn't go, I'm not sure, but I yeah. think Will and Charlie was 69ing. It was a pretty that. interesting
1: episode. Oh, there's some art for James Fosdike. Yeah. The two, he's not done that in two hundred and ninety-seven <laughs> episodes. The, an image of the two of us <laughs> in the art 69ing <laughs> each other. Um, 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 I um, feel um.
0: like I'm gonna have to send an email in about five days saying, James, I, I love it. I don't wanna I don't wanna I- inhibit your artistic freedom, but we can't be 69ing. Well, it's it's twice in the last few weeks we've had to censor James Fosdott's art. First time ever. Ever. And it was a big, and I hate doing it. I don't like doing it. But the first one was The Happy Fisherman. Because people did pick up on it. Like I think Reed Parker very astutely observed that this was not the first. The one that went got published <laughs> was not the one that was first sent to us. And I did wrestle with it because it's great. And it's always great. And James is amazing. But I'm like... You know, we're trying to kind of reach a larger audience right now, and people have a lot more time in the age of COVID. And it's like, is this how we want to introduce the show? One of us getting blown by a fish. And people may not get the reference that we, unless they don't listen to the episode, they don't realize we're being ironic and we're talking about a tacky novelty t shirt. They'll just think that it was our joke.
1: Well, I think that's also why we had the sense of the second one, because it was me from last episode in the Insane Clown Posse face. Yeah. And it just looked a little too much like Blackface. Yeah. And there were too many stories going around about comedians being cancelled for Blackface. And I was like, this is not the time. If you listen to the episode, you understand we're actually parodying yeah. the idea of the debate around that. And, uh, you know, obviously we're on the right side of that. But if you just <laughs> saw me in kind of, definitely clown face, yeah. but kind of, at least half of it being blackface, I was like, even half blackface is too much for me at this point. I don't want to go down. Black and whiteface. Exactly. <laughs> it needs to be at least 51% whiteface, 49% blackface.
0: I was thinking about that on the drive up. So uh, just so everyone knows, Will and I are in the same room. I've, 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 I've taken a little road trip. I'm up in your neck of the woods uh, on a bit of a holiday uh, fact-finding mission. Um and on the drive Gonna up, find
1: some facts out about five G yeah, and exactly. Bill <laughs> Gates. <guys laughs> and why you shouldn't vaccinate
0: uh and so i was listening uh to um the i listened to the big day out podcast i finally got round to listening to that uh double j retrospective on the big day out have you
1: heard it I, I haven't heard it yet it's on my list of things that i want to listen to because i was at most of those big days out
0: and turns out i was as well i didn't remember until i listened. Well, it was like oh i was at that show I was that, at that was also
1: what i was about to say <laughs> was i am going to listen to the podcast <laughs> what I love is you lock the door, and Winnie has just gone and smashed unlocked the door, smashed it open, and just walked outside. So, you have to bring her back. Or uh, or well, it? she's going to either bark at the door to okay. try to get back inside, or she will uh, realize yeah. that the door's shut and she'll come back inside here. So, okay. no,
0: it's fine. Uh, um,
1: and Gemma and Amy are ups- upstairs with your baby Iona, and we thought we'd bring the dogs downstairs. So they'd... That
0: lasted about five minutes. That's how good we are. We
1: bribed them with Kongs, but unfortunately, Winnie is very good at eating her Kong very quickly and And ramona on the other hand ramona on the other hand it's like trying to you know unbreak some question about the universe ramona eating a kong is like stephen hawking writing a book about the nature (laughs) of time and space it takes a
0: very long time and it's never really complete uh so as uh we've discussed on this show i've been stuck in a nostalgia bubble just going back to the 90s for some reason just all those films and all the music has really been i was talking about it to jim when we we're listening to the the podcast i was like i said is this a celebration of my youth am i just kind of like or is this like a, a farewelling of my youth like is this me putting a nice full stop on that i'm a dad now i'm entering middle age and i'm letting go of that stuff or am i or is this going to continue and accelerate where i just get i become one of those guys who just staunchly hasn't listened to a song recorded after 2004. That's 100% where you are. Right. I think you have quite comfortably leaned <laughs> into that.
1: Man. And you did it about 10 years before you had a baby. <laughs> Normally it happens when you have a baby. Yeah. You'd been preparing for having a baby in your cultural references for a good decade before you actually had a baby.
0: But I am convinced, and I know that every generation has probably said this, but like music was so much better. It's just noise now, isn't it? <laughs> it's, just it's just noise. Just blips and noise. No guitars. <laughs> I just want guitars. Uh, and one of the bands that is uh, interviewed, or at least you know, they um, speak on the podcast, is She Had. And I was like, oh, that's right, She Had. Mm. And then they had to change their name to Pacifier yes. because when they tried to break into the US, She Had too close to Jihad. And it got me thinking, like, is you know, there a band called? corona at the moment that have had to change their name the beer
1: obviously in america suffered it didn't suffer in australia actually sales of corona went up in australia during the coronavirus but in america sales of corona went substantially down so i guess that was the she had pacifier because they had a song called pacifier i'm pretty sure yeah. she had they were a good band from new zealand
0: that's right and well there's also that building in melbourne uh, i think it's on king's way which is uh, ISIS, the ISIS building. Have you seen that one? Mm. As you're driving on King's Way. And like, she had changed their name. Come on, ISIS. (laughs) What are you doing?
1: I used to drive to a gig in LA at Hermosa Beach and I would always drive past ISIS Road or ISIS (laughs) Lane. And I was like, how did that not get torn down (laughs) after 9-11? There's a bottle shop that I have a lighter from, which is called 9-11. And every time it comes out, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) How How did they not change their name?
0: So I just was thinking, like, I would love to know the story if there was someone, some artist, some musician who was on the brink of some mm. enormous breakthrough album or whatever, but it just so happens their name was yeah. COVID-19 or right. something like that. and it was oh, I thought you were going to say
1: it was two, like, tall twins and they were called Twin Towers or something. <laughs> <You> know, something, <laughs> well, something like that. Anything
0: <laughs> where you were on the precipice of some huge kind of uh, career uh, um, moment and then through no fault of your own, through the most random of associations, your entire career gets derailed. Because I imagine that meeting between she Had's management was like, look, guys, we're not saying that it's definitely going to put people off. And, you know, we know that you love the name and it you know, means blah, no. blah, 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 blah. And it's not even Jihad. No. It's not, not even. like the name of your band
1: <laughs> is Jihad. It's she Yeah. My band's called Bovid 18. <laughs> like too close mate too close it's close enough people aren't gonna think that bovid 18 is COVID 19 mate i'm sorry we've tested it we've done some market testing
0: would you remember that film came out in the late 90s starring tony Collette, called diana and me and it came out like a month after princess diana died and i, I look i've never seen it I, I my understanding is it's about an Australian little girl in australia who idolizes princess diana and, you know, wants to hang out. Maybe she meets her or something like that. And then, obviously, that happened. And they they had to r- drastically re-edit or shoot additional scenes. And I remember seeing the trailer and it's Tony Collette saying something along the lines of, just like the rest of the world, my heart was broken when Lady Diana died. But if you could just forget about that for a minute, <laughs> I have another story to tell. My heart was broken because...
1: This was a big movie for me. <laughs> yeah. Literally, my heart was broken. I took shares in this. I didn't take a big upfront fee, and I took shares in the back, the back end. end. I've got to be honest with you,
0: and my heart is broken. I'm the real victim. <laughs> so do you, can you think of, like, do you know of any stories, like a movie that came out at just the wrong time or something like that, where it could have been someone's great moment, but through no fault of their own, it was derailed by... Events. What are the big events that would like like nine eleven? Yeah, is a big one. Um, The global financial crisis, I guess. COVID.
1: I mean, it's not like the global financial crisis. I mean, unless you were making a movie. I was watching. uh, Do you watch Billions?
0: No, but I'm aware of it.
1: Okay, so Billions is one of those shows that I would describe as being somewhere between, like you know, a sort of serial show, a Law and Order and NCIS, and somewhere between like a prestige. HBO show right. it has aspirations it certainly thinks that it's more of a prestige HBO show but it has definitely has aspects of it just being sort is, of is a, it
0: a made by a major like a studio it's
1: showtime or one of those okay. so like, it is
0: like a dedicated sort of yes like serious drama. but not HBO right it's
1: yeah okay it's one of the other ones it's one of the you know not quite HBO's but <laughs> and it has aspirations to be you know a HBO show but the truth of it is that it is, and it's got like, you know, obviously quality actors, Damien Lewis, is that yep. his name? Damien yeah. Lewis?
0: Who played Steve McQueen in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh,
1: from Homeland, right? Yeah, yeah. And Looks like a... Speaking heart. of terrorists, <laughs> spoilers, if you <laughs> haven't seen the first couple of series of Homeland. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and Paul Giamatti. And the story of it is that um, Damien Lewis's character is a... Uh, is a kind of the king of Wall Street, like a you know. Who's the
0: host of Recovery? Dylan Lewis. Oh, okay. Yeah, it
1: stars Dylan Lewis. <laughs> it's very wacky. Yeah. It's, he's like, eyebrow ring, constantly it's playing the yet. mandolin or something. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Giamatti and Dylan Lewis. He just comes into every scene in Wall Street on a unicycle, <laughs> juggling. It's like this guy's amazing. So he Axel uh, Bobby Axelrod is the name of his character. Even. Isn't that just... That's the character's name. No one in real life is It's called Bobby Axelrod. Yeah. (laughs) And he is fantastic because in real life, this dude is 100% the villain. This is what's wrong with the world. Dudes like him, right? You know, these dudes who don't really care about anything other than profit and how they can turn something from profit. But it's one of those shows. And so poor Giamatti's the DA or whatever. Like, you know, he's the guy who's trying to... You know, he's on a constant sort of quest to bring him down. And yet the show does that great thing of really making you more sympathetic towards Bobby Axelrod than you are towards the good guy. The, yeah. yeah, the meant to be the good guy. You barrack for the bad guy, despite the fact that he's constantly doing things. Like, even me, who thinks that those sort of people are the most evil people in the world and most of the problems in the world are because of these sort of people, I find myself, you know, during episodes going, oh, How's Bobby going to get out of this situation? How's Bobby going to get into this situation and avoid all that tax? How's he going? How, how, <laughs> how is he going to continue turn, to underpay his workers? How is he going to turn this place where he grew up, that he's pretending he has nostalgic feelings, into some sort of high-rise fucking condo place where he can make massive amounts of money? Come on, Bobby! I hope you get this done.
0: <laughs> Amy walks in and you're in tears, and she's like, "What's going on?" You're like, "I just hope Bobby can continue with his uh, uh, pl- uh, plan of wage theft with most of his employees,
1: <laughs> buying companies and shutting them." Down down for profit
0: putting people out of work for his own amusement well it's also the reason why succession works right right like that what i love about that show is i couldn't work out what genre it was at first it was just like what is this and then i realized it's a black comedy like these are the most horrible people on earth who are in charge of you know important things in the lives of ordinary people in terms of like the media and how they choose to control information and all that kind of stuff but then you see that what you're cheering, for, cheering on is not them like, uh, coming to a, a period of enlightenment and understanding that to do good things. It's like, how fucked up are these people? Like, How willing to debase themselves and lose their humanity? Like, There is a thrill in watching just how fucked people can be.
1: So this is the difference between the shows. Right. And you've actually come to what I would describe as the key difference between something that is a prestige show. Because I would say that the succession is a prestige show. Yeah. There is no hero in that story. They're all unlikable in their own different ways, right? But well,
0: Kendall is the hero. I think Kendall is the audience. He's the guy that you're meant to identify with because he just wants his father's love. That's the most...
1: You're meant to identify with him, but Be you're not, not
0: really barracking for him no, to win. He's a prick. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, part of the joy of the show is actually the fact that at some stage he's going to fuck up whatever good work that he's done yes. and you're there for that. <laughs> you
0: got ringside seats. Right? Yeah.
1: That's not what Billions is. Right. You want Bobby to win you want the most terrible person in the show on paper to win at the end of the day and the arcs of the seasons tend to be Bobby faces some sort of you know situation that it looks like he'll never be able to get out of and then by the end of the season he's come up with so where I am in billions at the moment he's got all this original art in his um like all these like famous original art pieces in in his apartment all these 40 million dollar pieces of art and the DA is on to the fact that he's also been running this tax evasion ring where he has replicas of all those uh, things on some boat. Right. And they're like floating them around at some massive tax dodge. And he's pretending he has the replicas in his house when he actually has all the original paintings of these. And so at the moment, the DA's got his building surrounded to see if anyone brings anything in or anything out. And there's an art authenticator coming to, like, you know,
0: Basically, go. So, really easily relatable. Yeah, just a real relatable story. (laughs) This is what I mean. Yeah. Like a
1: terrible person doing a terrible thing, keeping all these original artworks for himself, displaying in his house these, like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of art, at the same time, running replicas around the world on a boat to avoid all this fucking tax. And
0: all I'm thinking is, oh, I can't wait to see how Bobby gets out of this one. (laughs) How's he going to get around the law on this one? It's the entourage principle. Yeah. It's the Entourage Principle, right. which is like, you know, it's all going to work out in the end. Yeah. By the end of it, the, the four boys are going to be toasting beers and saying that they own this town. But for the previous, like, eight episodes, or however many, we're in a season, it's like, Vinny's, the movie's a disaster, the reviews are terrible, and then it turns out that he's won a bunch of Oscars.
1: And the other thing about Billions is, it's much more like a superhero movie than Succession is. All the characters in it are kind of superheroes. Right. You know, like, you know, the. The other person who works at Axelrod's office is this, like, uh, she's, uh, well, I I believe uh, they might be the first kind of famous actor who, like, doesn't identify as male or female pronouns. So Asia Dillon something uh, their name is. And anyway, I I should know that and I I will look it up. Really fantastic actor. Plays a character that has those sort of same characteristics, you know, really, and that's part of the storyline, and that's one of the things I really like about it. But they are like a person who, in this show, has all these like sort of superpowers when it comes to yeah predicting the stock market and all right, these sort right. of things. And all the characters who work at the office all have their own superpowers. And then uh, Paul Giamatti's ex-wife is this, like, psychologist who's the world's greatest psychologist. You know, like, someone who can just, in any situation, like, everyone's a superhero. None of them are real yeah. characters. It's, they are superheroes.
0: It's interesting, too, isn't it? Like, with the state of America at the moment, like, if you think about shows like Entourage and uh, Succession and Billions, and they're all about elite, rich but the, the The problems, the trials and tribulations of elite, super-rich Powerful people. We're rolling in. Uh Mike, we just had a bit of an accident. I'll just pick up well no we can, uh, we can we can we can talk, talk about the accident it's fine yeah. so
1: um what happened was the dogs decided they want to leave the office Kongs have been completed and they wanted to go back upstairs into turns the out they don't
0: just like listening to the conversation no it turns our out... dogs have better have better decision making than the listeners of this podcast
1: uh so they decided to fuck off so I had to deal with that and in doing that I also knocked off the zoom recorder which I have precariously on the edge of my uh, chair here yeah. and it slammed on the floor. So then I had to go to the computer and check out whether
0: we'd lost the whole file,
1: which we had not, no. because it would have been weird if we just came in 10 minutes into a conversation <laughs> about succession versus billions <laughs> and people were like, I'm not really sure how it got here. I bet it was the big day out. I bet Charlie was listening to a big day out podcast and somehow they started talking about billions and succession because that is actually what happened. What's your favorite big day out? It's a very hard question. I reckon I've been to over 50 big days out. Um, So it's very hard for me to, because I would often go to five a year. So um, when I was at Triple J, I would have gone to 25 or 30, even when I was just at Triple J. And then over the rest of the years, I think I've probably been to another 20. And the first one I ever went to uh, was amazing. It was the first time that I ever took acid. Um, It was Sydney. I went to the Sydney big day out. And uh, the Prodigy, uh, were the thing that we really, I remember we were all on acid. Me and some friends from uni had taken acid, and the prodigy at the time, Breathe was their big oh, yeah. song, and there was like 40,000 people just in the middle of the SCG, I think it was. Uh, and they just going up and down at the same time, and like I was just going, I didn't realize things could feel this fun you know like (laughs) when you've just got that real combination of just why am i in the real world i don't know what combination of these things has led to me feeling as good as i feel but i feel about as good as i've ever felt in my entire life and the other one that i remember distinctly well two actually Mm. two other performances okay three actually now they're all coming to mind scribe <laughs> uh, at the Sydney Big Day Out, out at uh, out at Homebush, yeah. Uh, when he not many Infinity, so he did not many first song because yeah. he said, "I know what you're all here to hear." <laughs> Let's get out of the way. So he he did not many, and then he did it again at the end because <laughs> I saw his entire set and that's exactly what I want to say yeah twice well, that song twice if the twice. Prodigy had played Breathe twice at that first Sydney Big Day Out I would have loved that and then two more performances that immediately come to mind one
0: is Rage Against the Machine and again yes kill- which now which one because they played twice there was one in 2007 I think it was or 2008 in, uh, that they did and then there was one in the late 90s when they were like the biggest band in the world. So I saw both, but when they came back in 2007, Rage Against the Machine, by the way, are another band that I've been dipping back into reliving my youth and being like, I didn't appreciate these guys enough at the time. You know, like I feel kind of guilty that I always liked Rage Against the Machine, but I never really delved into it. And, just now with the way the world is, I'm like, mm. they're on to something. Yeah, we should guys. be raging against <laughs> yeah. the machine. This machine has been letting us down. You, you saw that guy on Twitter yeah. who uh, uh, said to Tom Morello, he was like, I'm not going to buy another Rage album. I'm sick of all this fucking politics. Keep your politics <laughs> out of your music. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Like I was like, that's clearly not a real tweet because it's so, how could you not know? Well, the thing that I well, loved you know about what? that, when I first
1: saw it, I was like, this cannot be a real tweet. This is clearly somebody taking the piss on the meme of artists keeping their politics separate from their art. Okay. And he's gone to the most overtly political political band in the entire world. Like, Other than the fucking Billy Bragg or something, he's gone to somebody who is so well known for their politics. The the band is called Rage Against the Machine. (laughs) They have been nothing but political for their entire existence. And so he's made that tweet. And then I read all the articles and I read all the response
0: and it really does seem like it was a real tweet. Well, I did some thinking about it as well and I remember the first time I heard Killing in the Name of and it was... uh, Did you ever hear of the Great Victorian Bike Ride? It was like this... Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know it, right? So I did that one year when I was 16 and it was... The Great Victorian Bike Ride, the idea was you would uh, everyone uh, would jump on a train and you'd be dropped across the border or something like that. Already. Victoria. It's not a train ride.
1: There was a Great Victorian Train Ride, I think, <laughs> as well. So they could have combined the two. People could have gone on the Great Victorian Train Ride, got dropped off. It's like a train triathlon. It's a train athlon. <laughs>
0: So you'd get dumped with all your your bike and all your camping gear. And then you would cycle from the border. So I think it was a border in New South Wales all the way down to Melbourne. So about seven or eight days, stopping at all these like country towns and camping and stuff. And so me and a bunch of mates went. And for us, sure, like let's ride our bikes and see the countryside. But it was also, here's a chance to get into some country pubs where they don't bother checking ID. And that's exactly what it was. It was basically however many people. The country pubs, pubs put it in their budget. Mate. They, they literally circle oh, when are we going to get all those teenagers coming arms, in with open arms there was no id checks it was just they like... don't
1: order maduri any other time of the year but they were just
0: like there's some teenagers coming in and they'll need some sweet alcohol i mean look i am i am uh i am in the wonder years i am narrating my youth now this is all i do is look back but will it was the best of times it was so great but one of the things I remember was being in a beer garden, uh, you know, late at night. Everyone's drunk, and Killing the Name of It just come out, and it starts playing, and it, it was just turned into like a giant mosh fest. But the people raging against the machine were not were not cognizant of the message of the song. They just were like, "He's saying fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. That means fuck everyone, <laughs> fuck fuck this table, fuck that." And it was turned into like a mini kind of right and i was like thinking about that memory i was like okay so if you're just some dumb fucking guy who just likes hard aggressive music and you don't actually stop to think about or you don't even listen to the lyrics all you hear is the fuck you part and that's like eminem eminem says fuck you as well i like songs where people say fuck you maybe you wouldn't know the difference if you've only heard that song If you've only heard that
1: song, you can't hear Bulls on Parade or any of their other sort of big hits. Wake up. Where is literally (laughs) the most explicit message? No, mate. It's just a song about saying fuck you to people, and And one of the other songs about the running of the bulls, and then that one about getting up early. (laughs) Yeah. It's a positive
0: (laughs) message. The alarm clock song. What are you talking about? They're not political at all. Yeah, it's about getting up and going to your job on Wall Street and making as much money as you can and disenfranchising ordinary people. By the way, have you seen Billions? (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I think Bobby Axelrod's a hero of it.
1: So, um, uh, Rage Against the Machine, when they came back. Right. So, they were uh, famously Tom Morello and Zack De- Z- Adela Rocha do not get
0: along. Right. Is my understanding. Yes. And... In my Wikipedia searchings this week. <laughs> yes, that is true. And so, although, although they... They were meant to tour this year.
1: Yes, with Run the Jewels. Right. So, Run the Jewels and... Also, not very political. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine... Uh, we're touring together and Zach has been a constant collaborator with Run The Jewels. So I think oh, he's right. done a guest appearance or more than one guest appearance on each of their albums.
0: How would you describe what genre of music is Rage Against The Machine?
1: Uh, they are, they're rock, hip-hop rock. Rock, hip-hop. Funk, rock, hip-hop. Okay, sure. If you want to put an extra one in there, I'm happy to throw in a funk. <laughs>
0: because that's the thing that really throws you. Like, yeah. I listen to a lot of metal. They're not rap rock. They're not new metal. No, they're not new metal. And but they're kind of rap rock. But they like, when you listen to sort of heavy metal or like heavy, hard rock, it's sort of not necessarily make you want to dance. For <laughs> Rage Against Machine, there's always a funky bass line going on. So it. It's, it's very, very unique. I don't think there's many other bands who just captured that kind of rage sound because I generally don't like funk. I generally don't like reggae. But when you put that hard edge to it and have a guy like, yelling about, you know, uh, you know the masses and, and the power of a kind of unions and stuff. Well, here's the thing. I think that's
1: probably why it works is that it is this sort of mass contradiction of things that don't make sense together, but because of that unique chemistry and alchemy that they have, they do make sense together in that moment. So it probably in a way isn't surprising that they don't get along, you know, because they are kind of very discordant, disparate things, but it is the alchemy of them all together that makes them unique and special. And it's why Tom Morello's music is interesting By itself but it isn't Rage Against the Machine and Zach's music is definitely interesting and I love the stuff he does with Run the Jewels and I was actually considering because they were doing a massive tour together so it was kind of a double bill you know Rage Against the Machine and and, Rage Against the Jewels and and Run the Jewels and I was like oh it's great Zach will probably you know even though it's a double bill he'll probably come and do his stuff with Run the Jewels like this is amazing so I was actually going to go to America and maybe even see some of those shows but I went and saw. rage right Against the Machine, when they did that uh, tour for the big day out, I also saw their sideshow in Sydney. And it was... Like, you knew they didn't get along. <laughs> but this show, still one of my favourite shows that I've ever seen, but they do not look at each other once for the entire show. Like, they're literally... They could not... Like, even incidentally, mm. they don't even... Yeah, catch each other's eye. The only time that they connect is at the end when they all link arms and sort of bow together. But up until that point, they are just two people on stage doing something that sounds amazing together and yet they are having absolutely fucking nothing
0: to do with each other. You know who is also like that? Hamish and <laughs> <laughs> Daryl and Ozzy. <laughs> the Pixies. Oh, yeah. Gemma right. and I yeah. got tickets to a warm-up gig. I think it was their first big reunion like in 2008 or nine or something like that. And... Uh, So, there's only like 150 people in the Northcote Social Club, and we were right at the front. So, standing as far away as I am from you right now. And it was the same thing. When they came onto stage, they did not look at each other. They did not talk to each other. There was no banter with each other. The banter was one person to the audience. And there was one moment in which Frank Black expressed some concern because uh, uh, Kim had like a blister on her finger, but that was not, that inquiry was not acknowledged by her or (laughs) responded to. But the, but then and I go, but they were amazing, they were amazing yeah. and I remember Jim and I talking on the way home about like imagine if that was your curse that you know imagine if you and I hated each other, hated each other, but when we did this, it was actually really good like we, you know and people seemed to like it and it actually made us a really good income like that would be a constant sort of battle for you is like how much do I need to like feed my family well i mean i've I've been in work
1: situations over the years where I've worked with people that like I sometimes hated, like I didn't ever
0: completely hate someone. Never get to Bands the point Bands are where different, but you weren't living with them, spending day... Or maybe you were, like day no. in, day out on tour and no, nothing like that. No,
1: no, none of that sort of stuff.
0: No, but I... Because that would be the shit that would get yeah. on your nerves.
1: Particularly if it was something that was... The, particularly if you went back to it, mm. like the Pixies and like Rage Against the Machine, like where you've gone, no, 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 I'm sick of this shit. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out on my own and it's going to be as successful as this. And then you do that for ages and you're like fuck i tried it by myself and it turns out i do need that other person even though i hate them that that is the thing well you know
0: you know who figured it out Mm. is queen Mm. i watched uh netflix as a new documentary which is all about queen and adam lambert and i didn't know this but like Mm. since adam lambert joined queen i think it was like 10 years ago they've started touring again and they are like now one of the highest selling massive huge yeah and this document, it's a really good documentary, love music docos, they sort of, you know, the first kind of half an hour is all about Freddie and Queen, and um, and then it sort of dovetails into Adam Lambert winning Idol and being one of the first like openly gay pop stars, and then, you know, he, I think Queen played at the final American Idol, and that's when they first met, and then Brian May and, and the drummer, I can't remember his name, they weren't that interested in doing Queen again, because how can you do Queen without Freddie, but then they collaborated again. It's like his voice is, you know, he can, he can sing all the songs and stuff. And then obviously it goes on and on and on. But what you realized watching it is like, yeah, right. Because this is, if you were Brian May and, and the other guy and you're in a band with Freddie Mercury, part of you would always be like, oh, fuck, he's amazing. But God damn it, he's fucking Freddie Mercury. And you got to put up all of the Freddie Mercury bullshit. But now they have a guy who can do the Freddie stuff, but he's just so Without fucking... Without the fuss. Yeah. He's fuss-free Freddie. Yeah. And 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 is happy to be... Like, Madame Lambert, I'm not, I don't really know that much about, but seems to have his own career. Like, he was doing fine, he would have been... But this is Queen, and... Well, you can go and For a guy who was never going to achieve that level of success,
1: but he was a brilliant artist, mm. you can go and sing some of the best songs to sing as a singer with one of the best bands of all time in front of literally
0: tens of thousands of people right okay so that was what I was going to ask you because I was like oh if you were him do you just go yeah fuck thank you very much that's Mm -hmm. one or is there part of you that's like oh we're not writing new songs together like it's not you know I'm now in Queen this is Queen cover band okay I mentioned Hamish
1: and Andy earlier Hamish and Andy have made so much money and have had so much success, they decide to retire. Yeah. But people are still wanting to hear... Their bits. Their bits. So they audition. Their famous bits such as... <laughs> I mean, they'd be, it'd be like a famous prank or some sort of... Such like, as? I mean, one of their more famous pranks. Like... Being uh, identical twins, like, uh, being conjoined oh, twins. Siamese twins. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say that. Conjoined twins. I was, is the, okay. What, yeah. I apologize. But don't We've cancel been cancelled. We've <laughs> been cancelled already. We suddenly had this opportunity to finally be Hamish and Andy and we got cancelled. but what
0: about um, Siamese Dreams? Is that cancelled?
1: Uh, oh, okay.
0: Mr. What about? No, no. I'm well, just what asking. About, to... What
1: about people whose last name is Coon? <laughs> if you cancel the cheese,
0: then she has to change her name. It's... It's not the same <laughs> what as What about that? Adam Cooney? Yeah. Oh, well, what about that? Uh, I just I genuinely don't know. Is that like a, a Siamese dreams? I don't know what that refers to. Well, I don't know. Maybe that isn't racially
1: insensitive. Si- are the cats cancelled. Siamese twins. I'm, now, I'm
0: not even saying oh. the word in case, because I might not know. Like, I, I'm so ignorant. <laughs> I'm, I might not know. Anyway, conjoined twins. Okay. I believe <laughs> right. is what we're saying. And, a uh, So, um, well, you can't say conjoined anymore.
1: Okay, what's the new one? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with things progressing and me finding out that, you know, as we said, don't start with the early episodes. (laughs) We learned shit over the years. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so Hamish and Andy come to us and they say, boys, we've got this opportunity. We were actually really big in, because it starts somewhere out of Australia, because it doesn't make sense to do it in Australia. But say they were also really big in- Japan. Yeah, Japan, right? Yeah, okay, great. Japan. Um, we've got offered all this money to do this thing. We can't do it. We've got our yeah, lives and our families and stuff like that. But they are happy for us to hire two other people.
0: <laughs> to, it's a like Kiss. To, to you know, know how go, Kiss like yeah. swap out the to drummer and... and
1: uh... do the Hamish and Andy show yeah. in Japan. Because it's not like we speak Japanese anyway. So you'll just do the bits. They'll have translators. Easy. Go, go and do it. And it becomes so successful. Again, we're getting the same crowds and audiences that Hamish and Andy do. And yeah. they go, guys, would you like to permanently be Hamish <laughs> and Andy? It's
0: kind of like the Dread Pirate Roberts from The Princess yes. Bride.
1: It's something that gets passed it's, from one Dread Pirate. Yeah. Like, they come to us and A they man say,
0: can be killed, yeah. but a symbol becomes
1: legend. Hamish and Andy come to us. Yeah. And they say, boys, we've got a
0: confession. <laughs> we are not the first Hamish and Andy. <laughs> Hamish and Andy is an ideal... A mantle that has passed <laughs> from generation to generation of two men who talk we out of would, bullshit. We would love you to be the new Mission, Andy. <laughs> would we, would you give
1: up the moderate level of subsistence that this, you know, podcasting is, but not get to do any of your own original stuff? They, they're like, what? Yeah, you're not allowed to bring up bins.
0: Okay. If you try, but do I have my solo career? Because Adam Lambert still has his solo career. Oh, yeah, you can do your bin chat on the side. Yeah, so toefop will exist. But, still exists. but you, I'm
1: not under Hamish or Andy's name. You can be Hamish or Andy. We'll flip a coin. We yeah. can decide who's who. Yeah. But... um, uh, Well, but I'm you, the
0: good-looking one. You're the talented one. It's true. So okay. we'll, we'll let you figure well, anyway, out who that is. That's not...
1: <laughs> that's mean. So... Uh, <laughs> so... You can do stuff under Charlie. You can do your bin stuff under Charlie on the side, but you can't trade off, you know like the Hamish and Andy brand. The main thing you do
0: is Hamish and Andy. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <All right>. Sold. <laughs> uh, no, I would look that to me. Yeah. If, if you came to me and said, "Well, hey, you're Andy. an actor." So I guess for you well, that yeah, is it's, it's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. But also like if you just the idea of it. Like even I would be much more enthusiastic about the idea of we're going to Japan because I'd be nervous about doing it here where there are genuine Hamish and Andy fans. Right. Like, I don't want to be here for the blowback, but that stuff sounds like a fucking great. Mm. I mean, think of the story. Think about how much better Tofop is going to get when every night you and I are going on stage somewhere in Japan and doing like an hour and a half of Hamish and Andy's greatest bits. Yeah. That's, yeah, I'll definitely do that. Even if it wasn't Hamish and Andy, well, look, within reason. American I'm not gonna do... <laughs> We're going to do American <laughs> Rosso. American Rosso come to us and they say, boys, we are not the first American Rosso. We should start up like a publishing company that. We just buy old episodes of radio shows and podcasts and stuff. So we own all the IP. So we're doing like Dudley Moore and Uh, Peter Cook. Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. (laughs) Yeah. We just do other people's shows. The two Ronnies. (laughs) It's a good night from me and it's a good night from him. I mean, who? I I guess the radio stations own, like they'd have transcripts or not transcripts. They'd have recordings of all the shows, right? They're not just giving that up. We'd have to cut them in,
1: right? Right, so we're doing like Kyle and Jackie O transcripts we're on <laughs> stage doing like... Well,
0: that one could be like really subversive. And, and I mean, if we were able to do it in a way that kind of makes people think differently, like, you know, so Kyle's saying something horrendous and horrible, but, you know, we're putting a twist on it. It's sort of like, yes, but really, you know, the irony here is he doesn't realise that he's the villain. Well, that's kind of implicit, I guess, <laughs> in him being who he is. You know what actually probably wouldn't be a bad theater piece no like, no that's know, what i'm saying is and we're getting paid to do it right we're touring japan
1: yeah but well, right. no but I'm, I'm now actually thinking what would be quite a good theater piece okay is the idea of two like a story about two podcasters but then it's told in the entire show is transcripts of famous double acts but it, like you kind of weave it into a narrative so right. that it is this like yeah, yeah conversation but it ends up being like you know you have Literally some of it is Kyle and Jackie O and they're literal transcripts
0: that so you're working off but through the characters. That would be an interesting And place. what's the comment? Like what are you saying with that? It's like so you're reappropriating these different conversations of popular comedians mm. and presenters and radio hosts and all that kind of stuff to say what? Don't know yet, <laughs> but something. Definitely something, I hope it would say. Well, I remember when Smodcast used to do live shows. Mm. They would finish by doing this bit where they would read a transcript from the show where they would right. swap characters. And there's always something interesting about that. Because you, suddenly you're here. It's kind of like that girl on Twitter, Sarah Cooper, who does the Trump. Yes. You know, it's, so she mimes mm, to
1: Donald Trump's speeches, but then she kind of does a little... Um, she reinterprets. Reinterprets them you know, visually.
0: Yeah, and I think there is something like really funny about that because you're, if you're taking that dialogue in isolation and then you're taking it away from the person who spoke it, then it's completely. It opens up the world of possibilities of how that's been interpreted or how it's been delivered.
1: Well, it's just the, about almost even about the nature and relationship of duos because you could go from like you said that like the two Ronnies or you know Dudley Moore and Peter Cook or you know these famous comedy duos, but it could be you know. Bill and Ben, or um, you know
0: Ernie and uh, uh, Bert, Bert, or like, or well, any of James Fosdyke's art. Yeah, the two old guys the from. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the I like the idea of doing that. I yeah. mean, how do we get um, uh, Hamish Government and Andy? To, to, oh, Hamish <laughs> and Andy involved. A, Sorry, a, because yeah. we can't suddenly just do everyone. But if we if we strike big with one, like yeah. Hamish and Andy, yeah, 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 then yeah. we would definitely start getting other radio shows. Wanting to give us their. Well, you know ipad. what it's kind of like, I guess, is like that there'll
1: be, or a super group that gets together. There's one, uh, you know, with Darren Middleton and Cram and um, Mark Wilson and uh, who else is in that band? Someone else uh, really well. Yeah, Anyway, a whole bunch of guys from, you know, really well known bands. Ash from Even, I think, is, does some stuff and I'm missing somebody from it. Anyway, but they did the Beatles' White Album and they toured that. But then they did. They chose some other album, and they were touring that. That's what we're doing. We're touring the Hamish and Andy show first, yeah. and then off the back of that, we don't do Hamish and Andy show two. We pick
0: another famous sure. duo, well, and we do a, like these are trial shows, yeah. right? Do we want a trial with Hamish and Andy? It's too. It's too we probably couldn't afford it. We probably okay. need to get find a, something we can cheaper. afford. And a podcast. Adam and Will on Triple J. <laughs> 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 well, you know what. <laughs> But but you're Adam Spencer? Yeah, you yeah, play yeah. all the oh, parts Adam of Adam. I fucking hate that. And I will purposely like <laughs> mispronounce mispronounce things, things and, and get equations wrong. Not and understand. Not understand.
1: <laughs> Just make up science. Put the brackets in the wrong place. <laughs>
0: now that is not that now that's all right that's the trial show it's we redo yeah. uh the adam was it called the adam and will show a breakfast with adam and will. breakfast breakfast with adam and will uh yeah no we definitely do that and then if that gets enough interest um mindy kaling i think she got her break by she wrote a, a one woman show or maybe it was uh she and another girl about the writing of goodwill hunting where they played matt damon, damon and, and ben affleck, ben affleck. yeah so we could do something like that as well, where it's maybe it's not transcripts, but it's like, you know, uh, oh, it's like that Bob Dylan movie where you had like Kate Blanchett and Heath I'm, Ledger. I'm, what was it called? He, I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm, I'm not, not really here. here. Maybe I'm... I'm man, over I'm there.
1: there. <laughs> I'm behind the couch.
0: <laughs> you can't see me? You can't yeah. see me? I didn't do it. <laughs>
1: um, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a bit... It's probably okay for mini Kaling... To do like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, but I don't think we could, like, if we's too if close. If we no, but as in like, yeah, white guys to white guys, it doesn't yeah, have the same. It not the same. So maybe we have situation. to choose something that is,
0: like, I don't think that we can do, like, oh yes, yeah, so obviously, something we should appropriate, like, another show. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is the episode we get yeah, cancelled. We sure. should,
1: we should be redoing the original scripts
0: from. uh the Cosby Show. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> well probably get That's... them
1: cheap. <laughs> probably available. <laughs> probably trying to get rid of them. <laughs> Boss, we've had an offer we did not expect. Somebody's got some interest in the Cosby Show.
0: Um, part of my uh, nostalgia trip also uh, this week is I watched Supersonic, the Oasis Oh, okay. So
1: before we get away from the big oh. day out, let's just... Okay. Like, there's a little story I wanted to tell. Um, so the, the other... Uh, big day out performances I wanted to mention um was uh seeing the flaming lips yeah. the first time they came out and they had all the people dancing in the costumes and stuff and the nun- still nun puppet. just like transformative like one of the best shows that I had ever seen and then Gold Coast big day out watching Metallica again on acid maybe mm. I'm actually telling you that I like acid <laughs> rather than that I like bands but no I had accidentally taken some acid somebody had given me something and I Like I was, had actually been sober all day because either Adam or I would drive back because we'd have to work the next morning and somebody gave me some acid. Actually dosed me technically, right? But anyway, I guess because I liked it, I don't look back at that as like I was drugged, but technically I was drugged without my permission by a complete stranger. But because I ended up having a good experience, I guess I tell that story in a different (laughs) way than I could have been telling that story. And anyway, um, there was a lightning storm on the Gold Coast as Metallica came on stage and my acid kicked in, and it was the most incredible show. Like honestly, that must have happened twice show. then, because
0: that, that same year I saw Metallica in Sydney, yeah, and there it was also made, a lightning a lightning storm. storm. It was the same tour. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean Metallica definitely. I know they're a wealthy band. <laughs> Were they able to pay for their own weather? 'Cause ride the lightning with lightning is amazing. That's you don't get much more And metal was it at
1: Sydney where the two guys were drumming? Was that Yes. Yes. Yeah, there yeah, was yeah. two dudes yeah. who knew every drum part to every song and they were just sitting next to us. We could do air their drumming. show. Those but <laughs> I wanna know more about those two dudes who knew every drumming part and just did it in time. <laughs> yeah. um, so like Sydney that's Big Right, there. I'd
0: forgotten about the air drums. Yeah, yeah, And
1: this would be about the era of the story that I'm gonna tell. Okay. I went to dinner the other night. I'm going to keep some details out of this story because... um, To protect. To protect, yes. But I went to dinner uh, and I went into the restaurant and discovered the person who owned the restaurant. I did not know that the person who owned the restaurant was somebody that I knew. And so it was quite surprising to see that person, uh, particularly because the last time I had run into that person was at the big day out when they were in the toilets having sex with one of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's like it's you know just when you immediately just, go, when did I see I you last? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't recognise you not pressed up against a cubicle. Yeah. That was a blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cover that on the Big Day Out podcast. Uh, okay so sorry uh, Oasis Oasis right so uh, there's a really good documentary called Supersonic which is just about Oasis and again it's sort of it's one of these things of like okay so Adam Lambert he's cool to um, being queen Liam Gallagher as far as I can tell his only ability was to look cool (laughs) like that seems to be his only talent and he's quite honest about that in the documentary his aspirations were like because I Liam started the band. It was him and, like, two mates, the guys who went on to be in like, Jughead or whatever, the guy Meathead, Blockhead or something. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Another guy. Wiggy, uh, Squiggy Wiggles or something like that. Yeah. You know. Uh, Noel was, like, uh, a roadie at the time mm. and touring with bands and stuff. And then he came back and he joined the band afterwards. And he then went on to write all the songs. Like, mm. Noel was the, the main songwriter, the, the, the creative force behind yeah. They're interviewing Liam. That would have been a... Better version of
1: Yesterday, by the way. Yes. A guy (laughs) wakes up and he remembers all the Beatles songs and he doesn't use them to rewrite the Beatles songs. He uses them to help out his brother's band. (laughs) He goes, I can write you some new Beatles songs.
0: So there's this bit where Liam's talking, or Noel's talking about like developing as a songwriter and, you know, just sort of like finding their rhythm and blah, 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 and then started writing all the songs. And then Liam's just like, yeah, man, just go write your songs. I'll just be standing over here, cool as fuck. (laughs) And that... Is honestly, and I'm watching it going like, so that's, he was, that worked for him. Like, there's a lot of people who are just like, I'm just going to be cool as fuck and that's going to be my job. Yeah. And he managed to just make it happen and have this huge fucking career and well, didn't even like pretend because to be a, good at anything but else. But in a rock band, there is a role for
1: someone who's cool as fuck.
0: You yeah, don't, but you don't, it ne- takes,
1: but you ta- don't need one. Like, I'm not saying it's necessary. You can no. be a band without having someone who is cool as fuck. But it is an industry where being cool as fuck, like there are lots of bands where there's someone in the band who is cool as fuck, right? Yeah. And so when you're putting a band together and you're looking around the room, you're going, okay, well, Noel Noel can write the songs. Yeah. These are good songs. Yeah, I they it. sound a I'm... bit like the Beatles, but <laughs> you know what? They're pretty good songs. The roadie can write the songs. But he he's
0: a lot of, he's very talented, very smart guy. But he is not cool. Yeah. As fuck or otherwise. But that's what Noel says in the documentary. He's like, you know, he's my little brother and he gives me the shits. But fuck, man. He's always been better looking than me. He looks better in a parka. You know, he just has this attitude. And so it's like, fuck it. I'm not going to fight what is obvious. But I would say 95% of people would be like, fuck off, my little brother. Like you're not, drunk. I'm the talented one, but Noel was able to go, well, you know what? This actually might make us more successful. For a while. Yeah. To I be mean, fair. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's not being a thing
1: that he could put up with. Well, yeah, it was. It's, it was. Fantastic. There was a point when Noel had enough money where he was
0: like, fuck this shit. We don't need someone who's cool as fuck anymore. <laughs> but the, their songs are just so kind of simple. They're not like, like you think about those like three albums or the first two albums where the were good ones and then after that it just went off, off the cliff. And it's like. They really just rode that being a, a proper rock band. Like, there's this story about them. So, they just got signed, and the first gig that the record company had booked for them was in Amsterdam. And so, they took their advance, or they asked for their advance. They then drove around London and visited every drug dealer that they knew and just filled their pockets with drugs, got on the ferry to Amsterdam. And there was a bunch of like footy fans going over to watch a game. Also, what I love is the idea that they're like, you know what? We won't be able to get in Amsterdam. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And so they're on this ferry. And so there's all these like footy guys running around. And so uh, Liam decides he just wants to get drunk and start a fight or, or at least, you know, he knows a fight's going to happen. So he gets drunk and starts like, you know, egging on the kind of footballers. And then these bandmates have to bail him out. And then, Noel's getting into fights as well, and they get to Amsterdam and they all get arrested, <laughs> and so Noel has to call the manager and say, "Hey, that first gig you booked for you booked for us, we can't make it because uh, we're all in jail and we're being deported." Like, I've had tomorrow. to make that call as well. It's <laughs> an uncomfortable call to make. The manager's response was brilliant. Yeah, like, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. because then suddenly cool all, as fuck. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so I guess that's the kind of idea, right? Is like. That's the risk with wanting to be cool as fuck, is like you can be cool as fuck, but for most people it doesn't work out. And then you're just mm-hmm. our age and not cool as fuck. Yeah, sad as fuck. <laughs> yeah. But for the guy who it comes off for, like, yeah. what a fucking what a what a lucky
1: streak. Yeah, but what happens when you get old? I mean some people can transition to remaining
0: cool as fuck. You become but... ironic and you're embraced by a whole new generation. Oh. That's what happens. Okay. If you stick around long enough, you become like a has-been, and then someone writes a movie that's about you or you get cast in a small role in a Judd Apatow film and suddenly everyone loves you again and you get a, I don't know, you're who's something. Who's the has-been? This is great for you because as someone who... Fuck <laughs> you!
1: No, as someone who's <laughs> like, you know, musical references or, you know... Yeah, ancient. Uh, ...are all ancient, who's the one that we're not talking about anymore that is from your sphere of the, the,
0: this was a great band, that you know, whatever... At. That you want someone to rediscover? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, they still have to be gigging or are they, we bring in them out of retirement? No, no, no. I'd
1: I prefer you bringing them out of retirement. I'd prefer it was someone that you loved listening to or loved watching back in the day who now I would not know what they were up to. Yeah,
0: fuck. Um, uh, I, can't, I can't think of anyone. I mean, everyone that I know or that I was into as a kid has reformed. Like the baby animals. Mm. I was way into in high school and I remember I was so in love with Susie DiMarchi like I even threw like a love note when I was like 15 or something I saw them at the What about Ratcat?
1: (laughs) No? Okay Ratcat Gemma's
0: worked with Simon Day he's an
1: editor now Ratcat were the first Australian alt band and I don't think that they quite get the respect that they deserve for like alt music in Australia and like popular alt music in Australia Ratcat
0: I think they do they're kind of in every music documentary that's been made about Australia they're always meant they're in that they're mentioned but it's not like but people almost should be
1: talking about ratcat like people used to talk about the pixies and stuff you know as this should like they? kind of well i don't know if they should or not but i'm just saying that's the sort of band that i can imagine would get
0: rediscovered build a
1: mythology about right. like you know and we've talked about them before but the 1200 <clears throat> techniques no who do you... <laughs> australian hip hop would not exist without Emphah and the good team down at 1200 techniques who do you gurus i would
0: love it yeah like if tarantino style i made a a movie yeah and the the key moment was uh a thousand miles yeah like i reckon they're an amazing band Mm -hmm. that uh didn't get the kudos that they deserve that's true and i think that they are just as as you know they played all these different genres of music and they were so cool and even like we saw them what three or four years ago at that that fundraiser and they're amazing i'd like to see the hoodoo gurus get rediscovered but I don't know how... And the but, inter- well, the interesting But not just bring them out of retirement and have them play gigs, but like yeah. Tarantino style. Just but make they could. Go. So,
1: I don't know if you know this, but on the US college scene, the Hoodoo Gurus were massive. Right. They were a big US college scene band, Hoodoo Gurus. They had almost like a cooler appreciation in the American college scene than they did in Australia. And... I think that, you know, There'll some, be cool, some, Tarantino it, some type filmmaker kid. who, like, you know, remembers that era and has that. I could see that happening.
0: It's, I've had a lot of response to my uh, question about what what's the best 90s film soundtrack, and so, you know, the obvious ones were train-spotting. Pulp Fiction Coca-Cola. 1. yeah, And Coco. <laughs> that was <laughs> an 80s, as we established last week, sorry, an 80s yeah, soundtrack. Sorry. Um, but people have been sending me the Cruel Intentions soundtrack, which I was oh, like, yeah. Cruel Intentions? And you're like, all oh, right, okay, so it's what's got Placebo... It? Fatboy Slim, The Verve, Skunk Anansi. And an- and yep. Like, it's not, they're not as memorable songs, but in terms of like 90s albums, like it did take me back to that kind of era. Um, Judgment Night, which was a, an Emilio Estevez film, where it's like Emilio Estevez and Cuba Gooding Jr. The guy's go to a basketball game and they see a crime and then Dennis Leary hunts them down. Right? Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I do. I, I, I Heaps of remember. really good like LA hip hop, like kind of early and, you know, sort of not new metal, but, just pre-New Metal Metal. Um, And then The Dead Presidents, which is just like a who's who of kind of LA hip hop. What about... The
1: band Presidents of the United States of America. I like them. I would like to know what they're up to. Well, I've uh, are they still doing gigs? Do you reckon the Presidents of the USA? Do they roll out a Kitty and
0: Peaches? Like for, you know, they, they toured a lot. Gemma was a big fan. She I could to, see them being rediscovered. She was like, she and Cam Knight used to go whenever they toured because they'll, they'll both like, they are a great live band. Like they're just a fun, high energy. It's a 45 minute set, you know? Um, but with uh, Iona, I, we have a bedtime ritual, which is uh, you know make dinner, have a bath, and then when I'm getting ready for bed, I like to play music, and so I've been jumping around either albums or, or genres. And I played The Presidents of the United States because I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun, and that song about the the, the June Buggies a bit like a, a nursery <laughs> yeah. rhyme, a spider driving a June Buggy around on the sand and stuff. It's actually I think it holds up. It's it's very it's very like or one and done kind of thing. I don't think you want to listen to their multiple albums, but that first album's pretty good. I could see
1: them being rediscovered. They seem like the sort of, you can imagine even like a, not even necessarily a Quentin Tarantino, but maybe like a Judd Apatow yeah. or somebody like that, having the prisoners Do, of the United
0: States. Would Weezer get rediscovered? I don't think they, Weezer
1: have gone away.
0: No, but they've homogenized massively. Yeah. Like that last album, which is just that album of covers. And I love it. Like, but I understand why people hate it. I mean, I understand why people hate Weezer. It's like they had one, well, two good albums and then the rest was shit. But it's like, yeah, but they're good songs. I will listen to 10 bad ones to get to that one good Weezerish song. I, I always liked Weezer as
1: a band. Uh, I, I, Yeah, I, a couple of their albums I really loved, but I always thought
0: they were pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. And the music videos too. That's the other 90s thing is like those Spike Jones music videos. Who did I, you mentioned before, oh, yeah, the Verve, Richard Ashcroft, yeah. right? So, so who were the Verve? Because I don't know anything about them. Were they? Did they just burst on with that bit, bittersweet yeah, or bittersweet symphony? So that was there. which.
1: Then of course they got Rolling sued Stones. by the Rolling Stones, and then I believe the the updated story is that the Rolling Stones might have given that money back, or like there was some sort of that they now have given him the rights to. Really? Yeah, there was something. Anyway, I, I, I'm unsure of the details, but I did hear something around that. It was something very counterintuitive, but
0: he was considered at the time to be. He was cool as fuck,
1: right? Do you think when they, they gave him the
0: money, he was like that song that I wrote, that symphony was mm-hmm. and you giving the money back after twenty years was real. This whole feeling's quite bittersweet. <laughs> it's always bittersweet, as
1: the Hulu gurus say. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, so anyway, Richard Ashcroft was a bit of a like not in the same way as Liam was, but in very much in that, you know, he was an iconic British. Cool guy. Cool guy. Yeah. And he was regarded. I was watching uh, YouTube one night. and I was watching like, this was what I was Googling this night. Uh, Festival, like duets between sort of famous people. (laughs) I've done that. Yeah, right? That's awesome. Features, like when they bring someone out. It actually started with. I I saw Robbie Williams and Taylor Swift. (laughs) I was watching a gig that I was at. Right. uh, was the first one. Coachella, when um, Eminem and Dr. Dre and Snoop and all those guys, then the Tupac hologram year, which I was at and um so i I started with that yeah so seeing all those guys on stage together brilliant and then i started going oh this is fun yeah i'm gonna go through all these like you know features you know jay-z and lincoln park like you know really like all these like but really kind of fun ones you know along the way and yeah then i got to richard ashcroft and coldplay and um chris martin brought richard ashcroft out and they sang uh i think they sang bittersweet symphony together
0: (laughs) while Mick Jagger and Richard stood side of stage just counting counting money (laughs) (laughs) some of that sweet Coldplay money too um so
1: yeah it it was it was very cool and he introduced him as the you know the greatest you know voice that yeah greatest rock voice you'd ever heard or something like that
0: yeah because I never got a handle on the verve because I couldn't work out are they just one of these bands that I just haven't heard of. Like, are they like a Radiohead or something? They've been around for five or six years and, cause they just seem to arrive with so much credibility and people seem to love them. I was like, did I miss something? No, that-
1: they were immediately successful is my memory. Right. right? Okay. Um, the drugs don't work. That was the other one, right? Yeah. But they did work. So they worked <laughs> Well, <laughs> many they, times yeah. a big day out, but, but they, they also think- worked for, for Richard, which I believe oh, is right. part of the reason the Rolling Stones gave the money back. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Uh, let's get to some mail. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can at, uh, email tofop at gmail.com uh, It's probably a good time to mention that we also have a Patreon page which is going gangbusters. Thank you to everyone who supports us. We've just uh, Patreon.com slash tofop and that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Uh, we have a heap of bonus content up there. Every couple of weeks we put a bonus episode up where we answer your Patreon-only messages. Uh, we also have uh, some artwork by James Hosdak, some comic strips. We've got Everyone Relax. We've got Quantum Cop. We've got uh, behind-the-scenes videos. We have full episodes we have clips from episodes we've got art we've got heaps of great stuff there so if you want to support the show and get your eyes on some exclusive bonus content mm. you can go to patreon.com or I... in
1: another way you know if you want to get all the good bits of the show they're all on patreon yeah. <laughs> this is actually the worst, worst thing bit. that
0: we have made everything that's hidden away on patreon is excellent um i've actually just completed the script for quantum cop uh, episode 5 uh, james Maybe in a revenge attack for my cancelling of his artwork, I sent him this script, which he was not pleased with. Mm. He asked us some rewrites uh, and made some good suggestions. And so uh, I've just finished that. I'm going to send it to James. And hopefully this time he'll accept it. James, uh, you would have received it by now as I'm talking. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to take some mail for some listeners who have, pro- uh, who have contacted us via email at g- uh, gmail.com. Uh, Will, this is from Bob. <laughs> and I think I can say his surname because this is not his last name. Uh Bob, Bob fuck your mum <laughs> Bob fuck your mum yeah oh. F-U- F-U-K-Y-A-M-U-M-M yeah that's not a real name that's we're not being culturally inappropriate that's not a real name <laughs> Bob fuck your mum uh, subject podcast tournament mm-hmm. hey uh, Tofop Will and Charlie do you think this would be a good idea competitive podcasting mm-hmm. Where you guys go up against another two podcasters to see who can make the best podcast in an yep. hour. Then, if you win, you advance to the next round where you face another, then uh, and on again and on again until there's only two podcasters left. Yep. And then you battle for the grand prize $4.60. It's the high, Highlander of podcasts. Yeah, That's
1: <laughs> right. There can only be, be one. one.
0: Well, two of us in one show. Um, uh, yeah, the prize is $4.60. Just kidding about the money, but do you think this is a good idea?
1: Well, it might get to the point where there's so many podcasts, they start going, we're going to have some relegation rounds. <laughs> <laughs> we're going
0: we're to put you all in a room and we're going to say at the end of this, only one of you gets to continue to do your podcast. I mean, how is it competitive... Anyway, like if you just buy I mean, every every week people are recording podcasts and putting them out there isn't the competition that is push? competitive. Yeah. And we're losing. So <laughs> we think time. it's a
1: terrible idea. <laughs> but I guess it's like a rap battle or something, right? Right. So this is like a or well, I guess a a topic. topic. Yeah, like yeah, but this is the equivalent of like Rocky the, Street. you know, or the Bellas. You know, what's that called? You know, like the Pitch Perfect movies. Right. It's, well, okay. We remake the
0: Pitch Perfect movies. With but with podcasters. About podcasts <laughs> Warner Brothers closes the stores. The largest the financial loss since Cats. Pod Perfect.
1: <laughs> I know someone who knows Rebel Wilson. I think I can make this happen. Hey, um, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. Please. Okay. All right.
0: We're back. We're back. Uh, this is from Kelvin. Hey, guys. Subject. Thanks for all the laughs. Hey, guys. Uh, Will and Charlie. Just started listening to the TOEFOP. I'm on episode 115 currently. Just wanted to say thanks for the great entertainment. It's been a lot of fun listening to what you guys talked about several years ago. while knowing how Ten the world... years ago. <laughs> while knowing how the world actually turns out. Yeah. It feels like my superpower is, while listening to you guys, is knowing the future but having no way of letting either of you know how it goes. Oh, that is a curse, isn't it? It is one
1: of those things I sometimes, even just when uh, COVID first hit, yeah. there was a bank of podcasts that had clearly been recorded <laughs> yeah. and particularly with comedians. yeah, All these people... Plug and shows. Plug and shows oh, that God. you knew were never going to happen and I was just like, I was one of those people.
0: It was, it was hard to listen to. But also... It's funny you should say that because I was going to play gem an episode of an old podcast and I was like, oh, but all the talks going to be pre-COVID. It's going to be depressing to listen to. Or maybe it's just nice to go back to a world that, you
1: know, wasn't the world that we currently live in. But I was going to say that uh, we, we've got a new website coming uh, and uh, it will, do we know when? Soon. Soon. Like, yeah, yeah, real yeah. soon. So um, what we might have to do on the Patreon is put some of our old episodes up on the Patreon uh, because uh, iTunes is dropping off some of the early episodes now. So if you haven't listened, I know we always say start at the new ones, but if you haven't listened to some of the old ones, they are going to drop off iTunes. And with Fofop, the first 25 are already dropped off iTunes. You can still find them other places. And I think I, I'm pretty sure we can post them on the Patreon. I think we yeah. might be able to, you know, have them archived on the Patreons for people to, at least if you want to hear the old ones, to mm. be able to sign up and listen to the old episodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, As we always say, just remember, it was a different time. Yeah. (laughs) It was a very different time. Uh, Kelvin continues. You both seem like very stand-up guys. I hope one day... Not if you you hear the old (laughs) episodes. Oh, no, he has. Okay, well, that's all right. Then good. (laughs) I hope one day to catch one of your guys' live shows or being able to catch one of Will's stand-up routines. My sister lives in Sydney, and I hope to visit her one day. So maybe that will be my chance. And if either of you ever go for a holiday in Vancouver Island, Canada specifically campbell river i'd be honored to be you a beer or 12 to buy you a beer or 12. uh
1: well brilliant yeah, yeah. excellent <laughs> how do we get
0: over there yeah There's banned yep. international is vancouver travel. island in vancouver oh, do you think? think so i think i have well there is a man oh, no sorry i'm thinking of toronto i don't know why well because I, i've been to vancouver before it's a fucking cool place
1: i've got to vancouver Weirdly enough, and I know this is just going to sound like I have a, like a massive fucking drug problem, but
0: <laughs> like, I took so many acid. I focus. took acid in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. I did. This
1: is a true story. I was in Canada uh, and I had taken a bus from Calgary to Vancouver. Yeah, and uh, like it's beautiful. That that country in between is just some of the most stunning things. And anyway, I was in Vancouver when Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas came out. Now that had been my favorite um you know book it's sort of like high school university and i'd actually when i was at um university the thing that i got the most we did a whole thing where we studied like gonzo journalism and that was where like i had really kind of done very well and i loved hunter s thompson and so i'm on this overseas you know journey by myself i'm in vancouver it's a midnight showing so it's the world premiere like you know midnight showing of fear and the in las vegas and i'm like i'm gonna go and see this and as i'm walking in there's this, like, dude out the front who's like, do you want to buy some acid? And in that moment, I'm just like, look, I know this is probably just going to be cardboard that somebody's, like, you know, drawn on, but what would Hunter S. Thompson do <laughs> in this situation? Of course you've got to do it. So I took it, and Charlie, it was acid. <laughs> and I've had, I had to watch that movie again another time because I had no recollection of what happened in that. I mean, it's a it's a pretty full-on movie at the best yeah. of times, but... Anyway, I haven't actually taken acid that much in my life. It just happens in this podcast. There are three stories that have been. Have you seen
0: it. that show on Netflix, that movie, which is all about psychedelics? It's all different celebrities. I've watched some of it yeah, yeah. so far. It's, it's, ha- it's, it's good fun. You it's, don't like it? Well, yeah, but I can't watch heaps of it in a row. No, no. It's, no. Yeah, it's best broken up, but it yeah. is fun. Um, uh, Anthony Anthony Bourdain's story in particular. He's yeah. also a Hunter S. Thompson fan. That is very funny. Uh, this is from Brett, to Colin Fopp. Comma, being old, comma, home gyms, and song lyrics. So we've got a few, okay, few good. subjects in this. Hi, Will and Charlie, love all of your content. Been listening since the early days, and look forward to my free podcast each week. First up, a question: When it comes to Patreon, are Tofup Philosophy and Two Guys One Cup all linked, or do you need to subscribe to each individually? I believe we have a Wallosophy Patreon and Tofop covers the rest. So So if there
1: is a Two Guys, One Cup Patreon that you're subscribing to, that is not (laughs) Not us. (laughs) That is a completely different bit
0: of content. And I would just uh, maybe examine what you're getting as your monthly (laughs) download (laughs) at that website. Uh, Next, I'm also in my 40s and can no longer do the things I used to. So I have to ensure I keep up my exercise and watch my diet due to these unprecedented times. (laughs) I have been having to work out at home rather than at my usual gym. I have used my isolation time to build up some to build some equipment. He's put that in inverted commas, a freestanding pull up bar, a box for jump step ups, and a wall for handstand push ups. They are reasonably basic, and I'm sure that Will, with his newfound country handyman skills, could construct them himself for his exercise loop.
1: Uh, well, there's someone else who's already also corresponded with me who thinks that they might be able to construct them for me. So that would even be better because the truth of it is, I want this to make me more healthy, not less healthy. (laughs) And if I build it myself, there's a real
0: chance that I'm going to end up with a serious, serious injury. Also, I've been listening to my own playlist while working out rather than this young people's music that they play at the gym. This is
1: one for me, one for you. (laughs) I totally, I get that, man.
0: <laughs> Look, I haven't been to the gym in uh, since it's been shut down and I'm actually starting to doubt if I will go back because I really enjoy just exercising at home and out, out in um, parks and stuff like that. But also not having to listen to that fucking music that they play, that Sony uh, Bargain Basement fucking crazy, shitty Euro music with the occasional famous pop star thrown in. I didn't realize how much it was having an effect on my health, mental health and well-being until I've had a break from it. So yes. Uh, 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 it does suck. Also, I've been listening to my own gym playlists while working out. Um, one song that I have had in the mix is "Stuff Is Messed Up" by The Offspring. Although released in two thousand and eight, it seems to me that the lyrics are almost perfectly relevant today. Discuss if you wish; it's not compulsory. Do you know that song? Don't know it off the
1: top of my head. Do, are the lyrics there?
0: Uh, I can look <coughs> it up. I guess "Stuff Is Messed Up."
1: All I know about The Offspring is: firstly, is immense. You got to keep them
0: separated. Yeah. <laughs> and secondly um, I used to think (laughs) that song where he said you got yeah um, shut your mouth I used to think he was saying drink your milk (laughs) I was like I don't understand what they're trying to say drink your milk you gotta keep them separated Uh,
1: notoriously nice guys Um, really interviewed them a bunch of times when we were on Triple J because they were a huge Triple J band at the time that we were working there and one of them is very interested in mathematics or figures. yeah he's in Mensa right yeah so um
0: so adam loved that <laughs> um okay so the lyrics go celebrity celebrity fundraiser tight black ties making wrongs right how about your so how's your social band-aid Ooh, look oh look out fucking tom morello okay. right. zach de la rocha <laughs> i used to like the offspring until you got political i don't know much i don't know too much but i know that shit's fucked up I guess it's all about the dream. The Mm -hmm. ends justify the means. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about the dream. The ends justify the means. So true. Now, thank God for the media. I feel like a fucking. No, no, I feel like this is going to be like an ironic. Thank God for the media. Thank God for the media. For saving the day, putting it all into perspective in a responsible way. Okay, yeah, no, he's been. With more celebrity news. (laughs)
1: He got me. He got me. He sunk me in. I thought he was saying thank God
0: for the media. But he is not saying that Take that media. With more celebrity news, typical bullshit views, I think we're losing <laughs> this fight, sponsored by Bud Light. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> this guy's definitely in mental these lyrics. Exactly. And now we rocking the now we're rocking the Casbar and taking the flack. The genie's out of the bottle. But we can't put it back yep. all of this stuff it's overwhelming my brain can you see the storm coming it's coming this way I don't know much I don't know too much but I know but I know this shit's fucked up I guess it's all about the dream the ancestor the means you know about the dream the ancestor the means and then there's a bit of a we didn't start the fire it just spits out great shopping sprees RPGs ecstasy atrophy genocide pimp my ride politicize euphemize Injustice everywhere, apathy, I don't care, hurricanes, climate change. Ha! We didn't start the fire. Fire. (laughs) Oh, we did start the fire. With our climate in action, we're all going to be in traction. (laughs) Therapy, I won't tell. Rehab and LOL. Worldwide calamity. Reality TV. Euthanize, supersize, death squads and boob jobs. VIP, infamy, gratify instantly. I don't know much. I don't know too much. I don't know much. I don't know too much. Pretty good lyrics there, Offspring. So I can play like two seconds of it, right? Yeah, play it. And it might be a YouTube ad, so okay. podcast might, you'll have to cut this out. There is an ad. Jacks, they are not sponsors? No. Of the show? Boo! 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 Boo, Hungry Sell Jacks! get Death Burgers Boo. somewhere else.
1: Unless you want to be a sponsor, <laughs> In which goes guys... open arms. <laughs> Here we go sounds like um, <laughs> uh, Paul Kelly.
0: Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbsings. I lost my shirt <laughs> <out> after my <laughs> rings. I don't, I don't know this song, do you? It seems like let's get some. One. Let's get a little a- Have bit I of, played too much? Are we going to get... Nah, taken we'll down? be fine. Don't, don't know it.
1: I mean... That seems like different lyrics. It did seem like different <laughs> lyrics. You didn't say anything about leaving a message on the cell phone. What's going on there? Is Sort a
0: remix? I don't know. Has he done an up-to-date version of it? I'm not sure. What is that? Look, we don't have time to investigate because okay. we've got a dinner that needs eating. Yes. So let's read one more bit of mail and then uh, we can say farewell. Um, but that's, uh, that's a controversy. Whoever, whoever can get to the bottom of that, send us an email. And we'll solve it next week. Um, okay. Last thing you finish is my wife makes pancakes oh, yeah. from eggs, banana, and vanilla essence. They are not pancakes. Right. Keep up the fantastic content, Brett. Well, Brett, if you want to keep fit during ISO, you'll fucking eat your wife's pancakes and you'll fucking like them.
1: Well, you'll eat them. You don't <laughs> have to like them. I mean, that is the difference. Like, I mean, I, I did... I was mocking your banana cakes, but the truth of it is you've kept yourself fit in ISO and I've not kept myself fit in the ISO. So Who's I guess now? the proof is in the pudding that I've eaten. <laughs> and you've made
0: out of like, oats and bananas yeah. and oats and cow banana. powder. everything.
1: Everything is made out of the
0: same fucking three ingredients. We're having roast tonight. Charlie, it's just bananas <laughs> and oats. Brenton, hey Tofop, listening to last week's episode where Charlie brought up train spotting prompted yep. me to listen to some old Underworld tunes. Oh yeah, Underworld good bit bad. past my youth. Listening to Underworld triggered that part of me that still wants to check uh, if I can have fun. I got my hands yeah. on a red YouTube and had a great time. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, I'll let that part of me hibernate for a while. <laughs> Cheers to Charlie and Will. I mean, I can't believe, like, of the what <laughs> the one thing you wanted to do to recapture your youth is wank. Like, you can do that anytime. I don't know that that's particularly associated with recapturing your youth. I thought you were going to say I bought, like, a bag of pills and went dancing all night. I mean, maybe... It's i went to recapturing his actual use <laughs> which is sitting at home masturbating listening to underworld <laughs> i should also say a a did you I say his whole name i don't know how old brenton is no but when he said i got my hands on red youtube red youtube is uh, in inverted commas like your grandfather would say <laughs> i'm just i trying to call you on the skype tube you know like, it's like he just discovered there was an internet maybe he was woken up from the 90s and they're like hey good news a lot of the bands that you loved in the 90s you've just woken up from this coma they're still mm. around it's fine but we've got even better news <laughs> this is called weak. red Shoe. <laughs> my god remember playboys <laughs> Wow! <Well, laughs> this shit. is gonna blow your mind <laughs> and not just your mind uh okay that's all from us thank you for listening i'm charlie I'm clauson